Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Celtic stuff live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. Me and John, I'm Justin, we're here, and the Celtics, obviously Twitter is all amok, right? We just had the draft, and I think everybody saw the writing on the wall with Kyrie Irving, and I know nothing's official yet, but it's pretty dang obvious what's going on. Is uh, it? But yeah. Okay. You don't. Okay, well, all right, we can, uh, we can revisit this, John, but then, then there's, <laughs> then there's the, uh, you're going to start telling me that they drafted Romeo Langford for somebody else. All right, so we'll see where this goes, but it sounds like Al Horford has, you know, a four year, 120, I don't know what, or 117, whatever it is, but a fairly big deal. And certainly, unless the Celtics really thought they were going to contend this season, I'd be very weary of uh, re-signing him into his late 30s that way. So I would have completely understood, despite the fact you absolutely love the man. I mean, remember, just a few years ago, almost to the day, coming up here in a little bit, John, you and I at our July 4th weekends ruined because we were so excited about Al Horford, but then the prospects of a Kevin Durant acquisition in the same weekend. Uh, I constantly, sitting at our neighborhood barbecue, had this phone out, just checking, 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 checking. <laughs> Was not really participating in the barbecue events. And then, uh, so now you know why, if you haven't been listening to the show that long, I hate Kevin Durant. <laughs> That's why. That's the reason. That's what sent you over the edge. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know. I remember that show. You think Kyrie's coming back? I, oh, dude. Listen, no, I can't listen, even believe listen, you right listen. now. No, listen. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. I'm just, I don't know what he's going to do. Right. I don't, I don't, I really don't. I don't know where he's going. I don't know how it's going to shake out. I mean, there was a report last week that Brooklyn's rethinking things. Uh, I, you know, wishful thinking. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But here's what, here's the whole thing. I mean, LA is still an opportunity if the Nets yeah, get weird. If he's going to take a massive pay cut. Like that's like, where's he going to go? Right. Is he going to go to the Clippers? Uh, it seems like that's not really where they're looking. Right. So it's either Brooklyn or Boston. If he doesn't go to Brooklyn because they're like, well, maybe we should save our cap space and try to get, you know, a, a, a star that isn't, you know, insane. Do you want him back? Um, I think I do. And so if he came back after they just traded Baines, yeah, 
You think Horford all of a sudden changes his mind and comes back? Could be. Could be. I, you know, Jackie Max says that the Celtics made an offer for four year, a four year offer that was pretty competitive, but certainly not near the 112 million, you know, rumor that's out there that may have come from Dallas. So, you know, is it 23, 24 million? Is it, you know, averaging out our year? Does it descend? Does it start high? Does it start at 30 and work its way down? I don't know. I don't know. I just, it seems to me we've got a week to go, right? So we're recording this on the 23rd that you guys will be listening to us on the 24th. So there's a week to go from when we're doing this and the way and the speed that everything happens. And all the assumptions. Remember, remember a couple of years ago it was like, well, you know, he's going to sign. Durant's going to sign with OKC because he can get the five years, and you know, so and so is going to sign here, and like nobody knows a thing. Kawhi, like the same would know what Kawhi is going to do. Not a chance. So I just let's just hold off. I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock in Instagram posts made in 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 Japan, and I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock in anything. I think it's silly season. I think Boston thinks he's gone. I think they're setting themselves up as if he's gone. But Kyrie's a weird dude. We all know he's a weird dude. Would it surprise us? I mean, yes, but how much would it surprise us? I don't know. Not me. Not not really. I think you have to learn to expect the unexpected from Kyrie Irving. I can't wait till this is over. I know. In a way, I feel the same way. In a way, I feel the same way. I know you don't. You're not happy with him. You're not happy with the stain he put on the franchise. You're not happy with the way that he led himself and led the team. And I agree with you know 85 percent of it. You know, it's just the bottom line is uh, the Celtics wanted to be over. You're just totally peeing in my Cheerios. Like I might be okay. the only guy, right? I seriously, and you know, this isn't about making you know good radio like some dirty on Twitter I mean tried to challenge me on uh, this week. Like, oh, you're just saying stuff. Oh, you're trying out for your WEEI appearance. Okay. <laughs> That, that just made me mad, dude. That just made me mad because we created this show to be, you know, a place where back in the early 2000s when the Celtics were no good, where people could come and talk about the Celtics from all around the world, and they could call in, and we don't do the call-in thing anymore. I get it. We don't have the regulars, and, you know, we don't have guests on the show, but you and I are still doing it, mm-hmm. and we started it so that we could have sincere, honest talk on here. And I just, if you have ever, if you've ever listened to the show for any, with any kind of consistency, it should be very obvious that John and I speak our minds and our hearts. Yeah. Then nothing here is contrived. And so, yeah, that one burned me, dude. That actually made me mad. I was like, dude, you can get off my Twitter. And you know what? Dude still follows me. Still follows me. Well, it's just because you're. Please unfollow. Please unfollow. <laughs> well, look, okay, so let's, let's just should I block him? In that, like, well, should no. I, should I give him the the Bill Simmons to John Duke Heisman? Oh no, 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 no! First of all, you always mute if you don't want to. If you know, you don't block. Blocking is for is for quitters. No, you don't block. I don't block. I think blocking is <laughs> dumb. Mute. I will mute someone if I try to go back and forth, and I'll try to hear him out. But if some point there's just you know, well, I'm just not interested anymore. Um, but here's the thing, right? Like Kyrie is a weird dude. Kyrie made some very poor choices this year. 
Um, but he is the most talented person the Celtics could legitimately sign this summer, right? I mean, if you're going to spend max money, I, I do you hate... spend max money on Kyrie Irving? Do you spend money on Nikola Vucevic? You know, do you spend max money on Kyrie Irving, or do you do some sort of trade where you accept into your into your cap space Stephen Adams? You know what I mean? Like that's what we're talking Maybe about here. You sign Kyrie Irving and trade him at the first possible opportunity. You might. Yeah, that you would. Might. That that if he comes back. That's what I'm praying for because I, I I love watching Kyrie dribble the ball. I hate watching Kyrie's team play basketball with him on the floor. I, I can't stand it. It's not, it's not just that they lost this season, John. It's that it wasn't fun to watch. The games weren't – look, I, know, I want the ball not... in Brown and Tatum's hands. I want to watch them ball. I get it. You and I are going to have this argument forever, and I right. thought it was already in the past. I was looking forward to this show because I was going to be like, I'm ready no. to move on. Everybody else can be ready to move on. No. I know you're not happy that Kyrie, blah, blah, blah. And so now we get to talk about the young guys, and we're still not talking about the young guys. We're still talking about this narcissistic, freaking world is flat maniac. I just cannot even stand it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about him anymore. I want I, him to go away. I know. I know you don't. I, I But... <sighs> The problem is that the future of the Celtics having Kyrie Irving's talents, having Kyrie Irving of 2018 in the first few months of 2019 season, the the Celtics are a better team for having him. Okay, now does that mean that you throw that away because you know you're mad at how he's you know yeah? But then the Celtics have power. Like, this is the thing. This whole season, Brad felt like – I think he felt like he was coaching the team with one hand tied behind his back, right? He he really – you can't piss off Kyrie because he's going to run away, and if he runs away, then that means Anthony Davis doesn't come, and if Anthony Davis doesn't come, then, you know, where are we? Well, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> then we lose Al Horford. Right, right. We've <laughs> lost – We're exactly where we right. are. So now – and I think, you know, he he talked about this in the, the post-draft – press comments, and we'll talk about the draft for sure. But he talked about how he vetted himself heavily. Over, you know, And I think he thought through, like, what do I got to do? And the one thing I've heard from a lot of different places is that he's going to be tougher. He's going to be tougher on these guys. He's going to expect more. He's not going to put up with much, as much nonsense as he did. You know, And I think he tried to hope that they would figure that out because they're smart guys. They're geniuses, or at least one is, and they'd work that out. Well, unfortunately, they didn't work it out. It never got there. And, you know, Danny, I think next time he trades Rozier in February. Maybe he trades Mook in January. You know, tries to open things up a bit. I don't know if that fixes it, but you've got to believe they would be in a better position now with those assets having turned into either draft picks or something else than having Rozier, you know, carpet bombing things on his way out of town at ESPN. And Mook, you know, I think positively saying good stuff about the Celtics, but not having any help with his agent. <laughs> who then helped to bring Anthony Davis to LA. So, you know, really it's all the worst of all worlds. And, you know, then to hear Jackie McMullen say that, you know, Kyrie never liked Boston, you know, didn't get along with Brad, didn't get along with Danny. Uh, but she really doesn't know what Kyrie's going to do. And that's the thing about this. Nobody knows. He's in Japan. He's running away from this stuff. And if Brooklyn is seriously saying, do we want to do this? I think they should consider whether or not they want to do this. Then 
maybe Boston is the best place. If if Brooklyn doesn't know if they want to do it, why the hell would Boston want to do it? Because assets, right? It's Vucevic at a at best. It's Vucevic. Then you gotta trade him. Then you gotta trade him. Well. But you or, hold or you control. have to trade everybody else and bring in all the people that he's telling you that he wants you to trade for when we already couldn't do it. He handcuffs the team. I'm, I'm telling you. You don't have to trade him though. You're already like, you th- you're, you think, you're convinced. You think that, like, so you change. think this whole team can just all of a sudden heal heading into next year? I think Kyrie Irving will have to heal heading into next year, or he will be traded, or yeah, he, he will be suspended. Care. If he well, comes back, it's not You don't know matter. that. That's, that's nonsense. Come on. You what do you mean that's nonsense? Care. You're giving me the Gelso line right now. Oh, he doesn't care. We don't know that. You don't know that. We're just guessing. You think guessing. that he's going to eat humble pie and come into next year because nobody else is going to want him versus him just leaving and getting a start somewhere else. And then all of a sudden he's going to play a good soldier. And that's what you think is going to happen next year. Like, why don't you place an odds on that, that Kyrie Irving comes back after all of this stuff comes out. And let's say the only difference is that Terry Rozier doesn't come back. Right. And that is that all it takes is Terry Rozier doesn't come back. And then Kyrie just, I mean, come on, dude. There's been all kinds of stuff published. Kyrie's not exactly had a track record of getting along friendly with everybody around him. That's true. Absolutely true. No, he hasn't. He hasn't gotten along with the media. He hasn't gotten along with coaches. He hasn't gotten along with the, uh, you know, front office personnel. But you know, there's a lot of, there's a long line of NBA stars, superstars, great players, some of the all-time greats who don't get along with anybody either. You know, it's not like, you know, Larry Bird wasn't all buddy-buddy with all the guys he played with either. I'm not equating Kyrie Irving with Larry Bird. I'm only saying that that just doesn't mean that you throw him out or you don't throw him out. The reason you throw him out is the way he got in his own head those last four games against Milwaukee. The reason you throw him out is because, you know, that his play went because in the, the offense that was pulling doesn't out from run well with him. That's that's not when true. It's running around that's not him, a, that you have you have a whole season, 2018, to say that's not true. You can't you can't argue that. You can't argue it doesn't work as well. It didn't work well this year, but there's oh, a hundred fathers for that. Okay, you 17, mean 17, 18. Yeah, yeah. There's, I still I still there's a season it was there. Up. Things went fine. The only complaint in 2018 season was that when he got the surgery down on his nose, he wasn't on the bench for game seven. Okay. All right. If that's what the thing is, fine. You know, but I mean, there were I games. I still think the offense ran funky. And, and, and every time, and we talked about they it this year. Games in a row. When we got, when we, yeah, but when we got to December, <laughs> it was, yeah. Well, then what happened the this year? They, okay. Let's remember, just, just go back to where we were like a year ago, or, or I guess whatever that was, 18 months ago. I mean, you lose Gordon Hayward, he's in a heap. His leg is, you know, the, and then what happens? They lose in Philly, and then it's the suck my, <laughs> uh, Celtics, and they win 18 in a row, and yeah, they had a lull there, but they won 18 freaking games in a row. I mean, that team was way, way, way overshooting what they should have been doing. Kyrie was at the lead of that, right? It, despite the fact he had a bum knee that ended up ending the season early, you know, all the stuff pulled out of the knee, whatever. 
Um, he had a good season. He had even better season statistically this year. Now, how do you get everybody together? Okay, well, it, it, what's different? Well, okay, maybe he's learned from this. He doesn't have free agency hanging over his head. Okay, so now Boston is in the is in the driver's seat. Boston could say to him, "Listen, Brad Stevens, Danny Ainge, say, look, get, get your act together. All right, don't treat Mark Murphy from the Boston Herald like he's chopped liver. You know, look, you know, talk to these guys. Don't be, don't don't disrespect Steve Pat. You know, talk. You got to talk to Brad Stevens. You got to respect your coach." There's some reality there between what star players get away with in the NBA and what what is going to happen. And I think that Boston will have the ability to say to him, "Follow through." And the Celtics will uh, be in a better position. Back. We'll we'll just get <laughs> we'll just get a week down the road, and it's then I'll be able to back. have my celebration. I just yep. Okay. There's no point. There's I mean. Do I think the, you're right? There's no point in talking about it. We beat this dead horse to dead. If we have to talk about no, him we, coming back because he actually comes back next week, then fine. I'm ready to talk about the draft at this point. Like I can't even handle this guy anymore. I really can't. It's all we've talked about. It, it is it's, all. It's we've the biggest story in the about. NBA. It's bigger than Kawhi. It's bigger yeah. than KD. It's a guy walking away from a good franchise that does everything well, that makes the right decisions, and he's walking away because nobody knows why. He flames out on his way out of town, shoots everybody, you know, and is weird Instagram posts and all this. And it's just, what the hell's going on with this thing, you know? And that's, that's part of it. That's why we're all like, what is happening? And I'm just, I think it's funny. Everyone's so convinced of what he's going to do. You know, and we don't, we don't know. And he might leave or he might not leave, but uh, it's just, I don't care. Truthfully, I'm not like invested. Oh, I'll be mad if he decides to, to leave. I, I've resigned myself to any sort of fate, but I just think it's somewhat amusing that we're having this conversation again because even the Celtics are making moves at the draft. Really, I think in mind that he's not coming back. And what if he does? Crazy world. Crazy world we live in. Yeah. Well, I think everybody has pretty much decided he's leaving. I mean, the media has decided. You're right. No, it would be not so everyone. it would be so You've Kyrie. Decided. No, the majority no, no, of fans no. have decided. Don't yeah. don't feel like even the press, decided. the way they're talking about it. Even when they interviewed Danny, you know, Danny basically intimated as far as he could by saying that it, you know what I mean, he can't say he's not coming back. But a lot of those post draft conversations were you know, sort of like, I wish I could tell you everything, da, 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 da. And maybe I wish I could tell you everything means Kyrie already verbally committed. But I think, you know, there would be a lot more to it. Now, it would be a very Kyrie thing to come back after everybody thought he wasn't coming. Uh, and it would have everything to do with KD not going to Brooklyn and there being no deal there. Um, and I don't even know why Kyrie wants to go to Brooklyn and figure out if KD is going to be okay either. That doesn't make any sense to me. But it doesn't mean he won't find another landing spot. It doesn't mean there aren't other opportunities out there. And, okay, so maybe he comes back. Maybe he doesn't. But there is a lot of signs pointing towards him leaving. And I really... There are. There are. That's we true. just can wait another week and talk about it when we know. But I, for one, will be happy to do what I thought we were going to talk about on this show, which is move on. I am ready to move on. And I am, I love Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, 
Gordon Hayward for now, and and I think he's going to have a rebound year. I love those guys coming out with a chip on their shoulder and having something to prove. And I think that's what they did two years ago in the postseason run. And I and they're that much better, that much bigger of a chip, and that much more experienced. Like I, for one, will absolutely enjoy next season, regardless if it's them. Man, I can't make any commitments if your weirdo plan or Kyrie comes back. What if Kyrie comes back and Horford leaves anyway, which is also a possibility, still just as ugly, still just as ugly kind of a scenario. I mean, they already had no rebounding, no interior defense, and uh, this will be a great segue to the draft because they didn't really they didn't really address it in the draft. Not that they could have. I love how people do all the yeah, they did. Well, oh, Williams, yeah. but he's not going to start. Time. You think really? You think you think Williams is going to start and solve all the rebounding issues? I understand no. he's strong, but he's a rook. Yeah, but rebounding's rebounding. Like you, you look at rebounding totals, guys who rebound in the pros rebound, rebound in college, rebound in the pros. Like it, it seems to follow all the way through. So if you can rebound in, in the uh, in the college ranks, usually those almost those percentages hold as you get into the pro ranks. So the question will be though. He's not a five. Like that's they're not going to start him yep, at the that's five. That's the biggest so issue, you, right? You're there. right. But but he will be a rotation player, and he'll play. He's at least. I mean, given what let's assume a non Kyrie Kyrie world. Right. He's not um, a freshman coming out of school, and he does the little things that other guys won't. He's a so, twenty twenty five minute a night guy. I think. I bet he'll play as much as Rob one. Williams will. Yeah. Year one. Yeah. I could see him playing as much as Rob Williams just for the, yeah. for the fact that, you know, he's just got a few more years of experience. They've got literally nobody else on the court and they're both going to run into foul trouble. That's just the nature of this game at that age. Yeah. Talk to Jason Tatum about that. <laughs> he can draw fouls, but he can Barf. never, he can, he can, he can get fouls called on him, but he can't draw fouls at all. So. What's the barf for? What do you mean barf? Barf. It's just barf. What the way what? that the way that the league treats the players oh, that way. Okay. Okay. I hate yeah. that. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> I know. I know. You have to earn your earn your way. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But a foul is a foul. No, it's God's ridiculous. It, it, yeah, a hundred percent. The and ones that he did not get this year were ridiculous. And when he starts to get them, it'll be, it'll be game changing. And then again, that's why I'm sort of optimistic for the future of these younger players. So, all right. So I, you're very high on Williams. I can tell. I, yeah. But I in begun. watching your tweets, I'm not so sure you feel that way about Romeo Langford. Yeah. Do you want to start there? I mean, I think. Yeah. Start it, with the first pick of the draft. Absolutely. I think the, I think the issue with Langford is a couple things. One, the shot, right? And it's not a redo of of you and I talking about Jalen Brown three years ago, right? Because Jalen Brown was the first. It's a little bit different because Jalen was the first, like, prototypically sized, a big wing. I mean, just athletically could do everything, but had almost no shooting. Um, but no injury that caused – that was part of the reason for that. Langford had an injury but also has issues with his shot too. Uh, in terms of the form, the form, an unorthodox right. form. Yep. Yeah, he's got like a like a weird like kind of sub ninety degree kind of uh, pullback there. He he's uh, I'm the least high probably on him other than Waters of all the picks, just because there was a lot of value there, and you could have take you could have got him at twenty, you could have got him at twenty two, 
could have got him at 24 uh, after the trade. And I think he would have been available in all those times. But, you know, having looked at like kind of where the, where the board went, um, you know, I don't think it was a terrible tr- trade or draft. I don't think there was a huge difference. I was a big Brandon Clark guy, but the fact that they got Williams kind of mitigates the need for Clark. So, um, you know, that was okay in my mind. I think you wouldn't have picked Williams and Clark. So a win, yeah, you Clark get somebody every right position. There. You're right. Clark was right there for him. Yeah. They could have taken Clark at 14 and then, you know, there would have been maybe Langford still there at 20. Uh, you know, you had Nas Little. I mean, you had a lot of wings, Kevin Porter Jr. Um, and evidently they, you know, the, the Indiana pedigree thing really kind of fed, uh, fed a lot of that to bring, uh, bring Langford in. So uh, it's a wait and see thing. He's, the problem is there's so many wings ahead of him on the, on the roster. It's going to be hard for him to get time. It's going to be hard for him to, to earn his way, but. You know, this, it, the first thing that kind of jumped into my mind was, yes, you're going to see Terry Rozier like more likely to go, but does that mean Jalen Brown is, is on the trade block? You know, they've got the extension. He's going to be extension eligible. Does that allow them to move on from Jalen Brown, bring someone else in either who's got another year to go or, you know, fits it in an area of need and then you know, kind of reshuffle the roster a little bit more in terms of, uh, you know, need. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I know you wouldn't like to see that because I know you love Jalen. Uh, and I love what Jalen did last year. I mean, really, uh, you really respect his season, particularly the second half of his season. But Langford, eh, not I'm not as not as high on so. But I just we'll don't see. understand the wing thing. I mean, I get it. You know, right. with some of the other guards, it's such a traditional Celtics thing to do: undersized guards with high energy. Um, you know, and and I guess one of the major themes is a lot of these players can attack the rim, right? So, I, again, they're not going to get the call, so don't expect them to go to the free throw line in their first three years. Uh, but certainly, they'll be aggressive to to attack the basket. <laughs> See, like how I worked that in there. But they're going to be aggressive to the basket. I get that. You know, guys who can generate their own offense, et cetera. And you know, we had a good experience with Isaiah Thomas. So if there's one thing to be said about these you know, undersized guards who, you know, can rip their way through traffic to the basket, that it's something that certainly Brad Stevens has had some experience in coaching around any defensive liabilities and how to get the offense going there. But in a lot of other ways, Isaiah Thomas was just a very special, special, special talent. And uh, gritty players, though, locker room influences, that's been the other kind of terminology that's been thrown around for this draft. Langford does not seem, you know, at face value, even when he was doing his interviews, to have the same kind of tenacity that the rest of them do. But at the same time, um, to your point, you know, unorthodox shot or not, there's some question marks there. The athleticism, you know, even if it's on the Plus side, it's not elite like Jalen. So it's not like he – I don't think he makes Jalen Brown expendable. I'm not sure that he is switchable to the point where, you know, in his rookie year he could play the four out of need and still do okay and, and hold his own. And that's what Jalen did, right? So I, I'm not sure that he makes anybody – I think it's a it's a bench depth kind of thing that they may try to do something to create space at the wing and they could get lean if they did trade anybody. 
and uh, that that's really just kind of a depth move. Uh, maybe it's a way to sort of replace Terry Rozier, who wasn't really a point guard anyway, right? So if they're looking for somebody who can kind of generate some offense off the bench, you know, maybe that's how they plan on using him. Maybe they have all of these guys that they're just going to throw out there and see who can give them some valuable minutes next year. And then uh, that's the one that earns some playing time. I, it's really hard to say. Really only Williams – fits a need that they had and and I guess a point guard deal is is a need but um kind of depends it makes you it almost the draft almost makes me think that they've moved on from Rozier regardless of Kyrie's decision too um that's what it kind of says to me that they're going to spend their money in a different way and um then they sign what the taco cat taco cat to uh to taco, a, to, oh, Taco Fall. Yeah, but, Taco Cat. What? Yeah, ta- Taco Cat. You know what, what Taco Cat is? No. What is Look that? it up. Look up Taco Cat. My kids are okay. all about it. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I don't get your cool references. I'm sorry, dude. I'm so down with Taco Cat. Taco Cat. Anyway, so, uh, but you know, maybe they're trying to address all that, but there's holes there. You know, the basis of this team is already on the team. Draft, summer league, etc. You can get excited about the youth, but you know a lot of these guys aren't going to amount to anything. I know the Celtics have done a pretty decent job, you know, of drafting players that have wound up panning out. You know, Rozier was not a high pick, you know, right around Romeo Langford's, you know, part of the draft. But this was kind of a flat draft. There's question marks abound on whether or not any of these guys really stick. I can see why you like Williams. Plays a position of need, strong guy, effort guy. Um, probably will hang around in the rotation, but ultimately I think you're going to want somebody who's a little bit upper tier athlete, athlete, but maybe we're underrated. Maybe I'm underrating the strength. Uh, Yeah. I mean, he's, there was obviously Sam Vecini did that article where, you know, the place he was working out said that he's like the 98th percentile of all people who've ever worked out there. And that's like one of these big, uh, athlete workout places, uh, that gets people ready for the draft. So, you know, that's, that means something, not everything, but it means something. He's, I think he fits in very well in terms of where the game is, is played now. Um, not only is he a smart, a smart player, a smart power forward who can, who can do some things and use his size. And I think that's one thing we saw against, against, you know, Toronto. Toronto has a lot of guys who are strong players. Uh, Boston has a lot of strong players, you know, smart and Ojale and, uh, Baines, I guess, you know, if you want to go there. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a lot of strong players that are on their roster. And I think, you know, Williams, that's, that can be a strength as well. You know, it's not just all length. If you can bully somebody, it doesn't matter how tall they are, if you can, if you kind of go through their chest. And I think Williams will be able to do that. The question will be obviously is how switchable is he? Is he able to stay in front of threes? Is he able to, you know, in the high pick and rolls, can he stay with the point guards and kind of, uh, keep, slow them down before recovery? I mean, there's so many questions that, that come out of that. But I, I think he's going to be a really important fit. I think you're going to see more of him probably earlier on than, than the other rookies. And uh, I think I think he's a really smart player. I think he's good for the locker room. And I think that's one thing you really saw a lot of is, at least in terms of – Loved his interview, dude. Exactly. Loved his interview. Exactly. Not to mention the interview he did uh, back in March, I think, with uh, Sham Sharania, talking about how he thought the whole flat earth thing was – um, bunk. That's kind of right down your alley. Oh, the whole of, what thing? Of, 
the flat earth, Kyrie Irving's flat, oh, earth, flat earth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's, that's right down your alley of, you know, this is them turning the page on Kyrie. So, uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I, I but I, I mean, I'm really interested to see how he performs in summer league. I'd love to see the two yeah. fight it out, honestly. Of course. Put him in a ring and let's see. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it may be one way for, for him to earn, yeah, just, to earn his way back. Yeah, exactly. He's got to go survive. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. would be great. Um, but the other one that I thought was, you know, so, you know, what was also fun about, we didn't do a show draft night, which we've always done first year that we haven't done a draft show in many years. And the Celtics traded back, right? They traded back from 20 to 24. Uh, they got the 33rd pick and then they traded again with, uh, um, with uh, Phoenix, you know, giving up 24, uh, with Baines and getting a future number one. Uh, it could be Milwaukee's, uh, next year or, you know, there's protections or whatever. And Bill Simmons losing his, you know what, over the whole thing. I mean, it was really, all he needed was a binky and a bottle over the whole thing. It was ridiculous. But the Celtics made great choices. Uh, they, they picked good players. Maybe they won't be great, but they all seem to have enough to be And we knew players. that. And we knew that. There was, yeah. you know, well, they, they tried to trade up. Who do you think they were trying to get when they were trying to trade up? I think Garland was the guy. I think yep. they wanted Garland. There was enough um, rumor and focus out of the Boston media on Garland kind of leading up to it that so. they might have been warming up the fan base to that potential trade up and pick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think Garland was the guy and, and he dropped a little bit more. He didn't go to four, uh, because, because of the deal that, that, uh, the so do you think, did. you know, everybody's kind of giving, now he was fully out basically because of the injury. He was out early and then, mm-hmm. so everybody's like, you know, Oh, he's awesome. And the, but then you have the Romeo Langford injury, which he plays through. Exactly. And he, and they're treated completely different. Do you think it has to just do with the ultra athleticism of Garland? Because it does seem like as you look at reviews, et cetera, you know, from their high school days that Garland is considered a pretty superior athlete. Not that Langford's considered a subpar athlete, just not over the top. Garland's was kind of like everybody's, this guy is a gifted athlete. You know, I feel like it's, it's all right down to Danny Ainge, like playbook, right? I mean, Avery Bradley, right? That was, that's the, the, the one that jumps to mind right away. Avery Bradley was the number two guy in that draft class, in that class entering the freshman year, has a bad yeah, he year. He doesn't care about injured. that first year. Jalen Brown the same way. Jalen Brown never deterred. Exactly, and, and even you could argue, you know, Jason Tatum actually, you know, though he he came on strong leader. Uh, he started off with some injuries, Dogs had some difficulties. Injured. Yep, that's you true. know, and and so we're starting the draft process. I mean, some people are thinking Tatum is going to go as low as six or seven. So <laughs> Danny doesn't. He's because he does the work before these guys get to the college game. He knows who they are. He knows what they can do. And some guys grow over that process, but he doesn't get, you know, too, too enamored with the guy who has this great freshman year that kind of comes out of nowhere. You know, I wonder if he would have been as high on John Morant, for example, as opposed to Garland, who's had a number of seasons through AAU and through USA basketball and all this to show his value and his worth. John Morant kind of comes out of nowhere uh, a little bit. Uh, and, and kind of rises up the board. I wouldn't be surprised if Danny's like, I, I trust what I saw from Garland over years rather than the one year from Morant, even though Morant was great. You know, 
Langford is kind of that same idea where he's like, I've seen Langford play. I know Langford entering the year was a top five guy in this draft class, you know, and so if you see that and you see and that he's tough some, because he decides to play right? through it instead of play the game where if right. I go out now, I've got a great excuse and I'll still the fact that it's an unknown actually helps me get drafted higher. It's, versus it's like, yeah, making it's like, my injury a known and then everybody's like, mm. right. It's like the bowl bowl stuff, right? The bowl bowl has was actually thought of pretty highly coming into this draft class as well. And, you know, he got hurt and all that. Boy, does it suck to be bowl bowl sitting around that? Pretty tough. I mean, that, tough. we've seen some tough slides. Yeah. That might be one of the toughest the ones that we've seen. And yeah. yeah, that was the worst. I, I mean, the, uh, the guy from, uh, what's it? Magic lamp. Um, he was like thought to be a top ten pick. I know Magic Lamp, I think, or Lampy. He was he was a Polish guy. This is like oh, we think we're doing yeah, a show. Yeah, Lampy with a J in the last name. Yes, yes, yeah, I, remember, I remember. I think we did a show, and he was supposed to be a top ten guy, and he slid all the way to like the first pick of the second round or something. You know, and that's tough. You know, but Bull Bull going especially when you're a green room round. guy, just sitting around right. and like, oh, right. So, you know, but Bo Bo was thought of highly, had injury, and he slides down. And so when I saw there was some Celtics interest there, later in the first round, I'm like, well, that kind of makes sense. Then you hear about the medicals, and, okay, I'm glad we stayed away, at least from the first round side of things. So Langford does fit into that. So should it surprise us if Langford has a better first year than than we anticipate because he was a top-five guy in that class before – Whatever happens in the college game, and he's just going to you know resume his place in that in that you know world. Just as Tatum was considered a higher level prospect than perhaps uh, you know the college season you know kind of chewed up and spit out. Be interesting to see because I you know I don't the the lack of shooting is going to be a bigger issue. You know it's something that Tatum was able to do right away. And, you know, I don't think Langford will be able to. So that will be a, a big limitation for him, not to mention who's in front of him. Uh, you know, Jalen had to work his way up. So, uh, there's not going to be any room to work up necessarily for Langford or not as much room. You know, Carson Edwards, on the other hand, he's going to have almost a free reign to be able to come in as a, as a, as a, maybe a backup guard, maybe a third guard and light it up. Get buckets. Yeah, and you talked about this on the last episode or the one before about Brad and the three-guard lineups and how's he going to do that. You know, they definitely got him a little bit of – gave him some pieces to toy around with at least. and Because usually that's just a big energy push. It doesn't even have to be a long stint. It's usually a big energy push. It kind of changes the energy of the game, et cetera. And so definitely with the two players – you know, Carson and, uh, sorry, help me out real quick. Who was the other guard that they got in the second round? Oh, uh, Waters. Waters. Uh, uh no. Yeah. yeah, 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 Waters. So another, he's even smaller, right? He's 5'10, 5'11, they yeah. say. You know, they used to say Isaiah was 5'9 too, and I stood next to Isaiah. He's not 5'9. I'm 5'9. He's 5'6. I'm just telling you. <laughs> just saying so these guys you know but we all know this right shoes and you can have really thick soles blah 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 so but those but having a couple of high energy guards like that now whether they'll both make the roster and how it all comes together you know there's a lot more to be seen there but if terry's gone and kyrie's gone you really just have marcus smart i mean granted you know jalen's gonna play the two but they're definitely gonna need some depth at the guard position so 
Absolutely. And, and, and a lot Edwards, of people were kind of hoping for somebody like Kemba, but it doesn't, I don't think Kemba's going anywhere. I don't, yeah, and I don't, I don't really, you know, maybe we can get into this a little bit, but you know, the, the question of how you allocate that money, right? So they move Baines in this, in this draft night trade. And that comes out earlier that day is they're, they're going to move Baines, which makes you think, okay, so what are they trying to do? And everything you saw that night leaves you with one straight of mind, which is they're clearing out cap space. They're picking young guys. They're turning the page, right? That's where, you know, we were starting the show. Well, even the rumors said take on right. bad contracts for more assets, you know, the right. standard Danny model, right? Well, but then by the end of the night, what do we hear? That the sellers are going to try to prioritize trying to get max cap space to where they, they could sign Nikola Vucevic and even Terry Rozier. So those that was kind of a mixed message there of like, well, wait, what? Who? What? Because Vucevic you know? is going to be in the, what, 20 to 25 range, even at though least, he least. could have commanded the seven to nine year max, right? Because I think right. this, was, this was his eighth season. So, yep. Yep. you know, technically he can be up into those, what, 32 and change? Is that what it is? Uh, or 33 and change? I think it's 32. But, yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think he's – he could get there. Now, the question is, I mean, for, 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 for his benefit, you know, the concern is, you know, you could get a long-term deal or do you take the gamble and do a two-year hitch so you get your, you know, you get your service time up so that way you're hitting the market as a, well, at that point, I guess 30-year-old, but you could get a 10-year max at that point. Now, is it likely he's going to get a 10-year max? Eh, probably not, but it, in terms of his potential to earn that, probably a, a, a two plus one may make the most sense so that he can pocket some money or if he plays well and is very efficient. And if he were to sign in a place like Boston with a lot of uh, notoriety of what he does well, then perhaps he hits the market and can, you know, really cash in on a, on a 10 year max. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not. You didn't sound like there. you liked him, but you know, I do think he kind of fits offensively really nicely. And we've seen players play better defense on a Celtics club than maybe was anticipated when they come in. Um, you know, this year you've got to throw it out like completely, but you know, we've had players, even like an Evan Turner, right? Like he played better defense than anybody thought he was going to play. We've had players and not necessarily at the center position, but we've had players play better defense. And overall, if they could just secure a defensive rebound, defense would be better. Think about how many times they got all those second chance opportunities and what that makes the defense look like, especially statistically. You know, your your uh, your efficiency ratings and everything. If you if the team gives up the offensive rebound, I mean the uh, offensive rebound to the opponent, you know, it just keeps coming at you and coming at you. How many times did they get that third scoring opportunity in the same possession and then finally get it after the Celtics played, you know, two great, I, I guess it's the same possession, but two great stints on defense. I mean, there's times where they just locked it down and locked it down, but they gave up an offensive rebound, gave up another offensive rebound, gave up another one, and then they wind up making the play. That's a killer for a team. So I almost feel like somewhat the defense will look better if whoever they get at that position can rebound the ball. And, you know, Vucevic can definitely rebound. I mean, is he like a Dennis Rodman? No, he's not. But he does have rebounding ability. He does. He can rebound very well. Uh, and that's, I think, really what you'd be looking at from him is you'd be able to really, as you said, it kind of establish those rebounding, um, 
you know, get, get your rebounding up and, and improve that end of it because you were so bad at that. On the other hand, your ability to, to defend in the pick and roll is like <laughs> completely different without Al Horford. I mean, going into a game with Philly, oh my God, you know, going up against Milwaukee, a non Al Horford world is scary to think of. And, and, and that's yeah, why regardless have, if you look at Williams or whoever, or either whoever. Williams, right. But, it's going to be a problem. Vucevic. I mean, and that's in my mind, you know, just it's like trying to date for the second time and you broke up with the last girl and she left you. And then, you know, you're comparing the next girl, you know, to the, to the last girl and, you know, you're having a hard time with it because you're saying, geez, you know, it's, I, I should date again, but this one just isn't with the last, you know, I, my heart's still there. My heart's still with Al Horford, you know, and Vucevic, he can rebound the ball. The guy can score the ball and he can, and that's great, but defense, ah, uh, you know, we're going back to the, this it's is going to be really hard for us to find anybody who's going to make us feel good about losing Horford. This is you said it best. rock Celtics. It's, it's really, this is going back to the Sullinger, Olinick, um, Tyler Zeller days. That's where we're going back to, guys in the middle. So remember that one. No, it's worse than that. If you don't get somebody like Vucevic, really the issue is do you want to pay him the money and tie it up? And I get right. that. And I get that. All right. But, but actually, especially without him, it's worse than what you just described because it's just so young in the middle. Brutally. Oh, young. without Vucevic. Yeah. Well, that's the, well, right. But you're going to find somebody like there's so many centers on the market. Like you're going to find somebody. The question is, do you have to max, do you have to pay max money to get that guy? Like Robin Lopez. What would you have to pay Robin Lopez to come here? You know, what, what do you have to pay Brooke Lopez? You know, do you pay max money? Actually, it doesn't sound like Brooke's going to end up re-signing either, right? No, like, they've no, got money issues across the board, right? Right. There's, there's almost no way they can re-sign him unless they, they don't use their, basically they have to lose Brogdon and then, it, it, yeah, it gets weird. But anyway, yeah, it, it's, it's very, it's very difficult for them to resign. So there's all these centers on the market. I would not spend $27 million or $30 million to bring in Nick Vucevic. And then the other option is we'll accept in a cap space and somebody like Steven Adams. Now I love Steven Adams, tough guy, great guy. I mean, I, I could see his fit here in Boston with what is around him. Um, uh, but I wouldn't want to give up anything to do that. I wouldn't want to take no. someone's problem. You know what I mean? To then, you know, basically, I'm going to it's solve not really problem a problem either. It's just a salary deal. Well, it's a right? problem for OKC. They're trying to shed money. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. You know, they're trying to shed money. So I don't want to accept that. You know, and and he had both he. This is the funny thing. You look at the Western Conference playoffs. He had problems. Capella had problems, you know, Vucevic, obviously they got knocked out, but, but particularly Capella and, and Adams got played off the floor in stretches and you're paying them 17 million in Capella's case, 25 million almost in Adams case. You know, you're trying to build this team. You don't want to commit long-term money. Like, as you said, that's the real question here is building something I'm all fine with. But you don't want to set yourself up for a long time to either not be able to get back in the free agency market or two, put yourself in a spot where you're, you're, you're in long term with somebody who just isn't able to play in today's league. You know Al Horford could do it. 
But if you're going to pay him $28 million when he's 38 years old, that's, that's that could be a problem. right there, man. That's, that could be a problem. That makes it tough no matter who you sign. 38 years old at 30 million, uh, near 30 million. That's, that's a tough one. All right. Well, you know what? We got lots more of the summer to talk about all of this and more. And in a week, you and I can finally move on from the Kyrie conversation. This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in and remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show and for staff writer Samuel Elias Sammy! Executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Chilso, and my co-host John Duke. I'm Justin Poole and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. So just so you know, Taco Cat spelled backwards is Taco Cat. You got to look it up. Boom. You got to get in with the Taco Cat. Wow. Hey. That looks, yeah, crazy. Kawhi. Kawhi is really the outtake. But you were about to say you listened to something. What did you listen to? No. No, 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 I want no. Let's go to Kawhi. That's a better outtake. What? What, what are you talking about with Kawhi? Where do you think he goes? Do you think it's all just Clippers and – I mean, there's enough money for the Celtics to get him, really. And the only reason nobody even thinks about it is because we already have this glut at the wing that you just Mm -hmm. described, right? But if they wanted – if they have – if you remember back a little bit, one thing that Wick said was there's a lot of intriguing conversations going on, you know, in the back office. And this was before, really, the Kyrie thing was totally – as as pushed out there as it is right now, you know, and and I don't think Kawhi really was interested in Boston before, and that was maybe another deterrent for them, just besides the injury, to even trying to trade Jalen Brown for him and yada yada. But you know, there is cap space, and then at that point, maybe they make a different kind of move. Um, obviously, that means that you know Kyrie's got to go, but the front runners are L.A. L.A. And the Raptors. And a lot of people are predicting that he just winds back in, in Toronto because they won a championship. What's your take? I don't think anyone knows anything about what Kawhi wants. So Kawhi I don't is like anybody. a silent Kyrie, right? Like he kind of, he just doesn't I don't know tell if he, you I anything. Would... No, I just mean he's unpredictable. He's going to do whatever. He's yeah. unpredictable from the standpoint as he's going to do it, but he's just less vocal about his unpredictability. And so... Right. Well, he's yeah, he's not actively working against some members of, of the team um, <laughs> or whatever weird leadership. It seems to be his leadership, his quiet leadership, um, was a was a plus in in Toronto. Uh, I don't believe he. I don't believe anybody knows anywhere where he's going. I think everyone's lying. I don't. I think he's keeping that close to the vest. I think it's between Toronto and Clippers. I think that's. You know, he, he doesn't want to go to L- with the Lakers. I mean, that's, that's pretty clear. Um, but he could go to the Clippers, be the star. But he did. He did. I mean, the Lakers was what they were all talking about. Yeah, but I, know, but I don't think trade, that was him. But... Yeah, but I don't think that was him, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he wants to go you to You think LA. it was the machine. It's the, it, look, the whole, this whole Kyrie thing started with the machine, remember? This whole thing right. started yeah, yeah. when Anthony Davis, this guy, 
who is Rich Paul, who is LeBron's guy, started and the whole thing about, well, you know, maybe Kyrie will come to LA and join AD and LeBron. And, you know, Brian Windhorst starts talking about it and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Crazy. So do I think he'd look at Boston? I don't know. I don't know what the damage is of what people wanting to leave. I don't know if people are saying, I don't want to deal with, you know, Kyrie put a bad taste in everyone's mouth. The guy, the winning plays pod, uh, those guys were talking to, I guess it'll be Saturday or Friday. We're talking about why not KD? Why, why wouldn't KD look at Boston at this point? You know, it, maybe he has more trust in Boston's medical staff. Does he want to go to the Knicks? That seems kind of weird. You know, uh, and unless, you know, KD, you know, Kawhi, you know, Kyrie has poisoned, uh, KD off of Boston, which is entirely possible. Um, maybe that's the, the answer to the solution. I don't know. It's just, I think you're right. There's them moving that space to me to get max space and potentially up to $38 million if they don't take, uh, um, you know, if they, they wipe off, uh, Rozier's money. You get $38 million. You don't make a move with Baines because you just want to get the space. I think you do it because you know you got a shot at somebody and somebody who would cost max money. And to me, Nikola Vucevic is not the guy you spend that on. It's guys like Kawhi. No, he guys just takes like a small chunk if it's, you cannot get it the, the Orlando to match, right? Because he's restricted. So he's that's restricted. The right. That's the issue there. And they can go an extra year that Boston can't. You know, so you got to go. You got to match. Yeah, but you it's just like, described you just described all the reasons why that wouldn't matter, right? Because you can go for that ten-year player. It's it's why would you take that money off the table? Because when if you go for that full contract, right. you know what I mean. That extra year, then when you come out of that contract, this was your last one. So right. I don't think that that holds any value uh, in that scenario. But even then, you know, maybe it's Katie. I agree with you. I think they're going to try to land somebody. But I honestly, I don't think Kawhi is out of the out of the realm of possibility. I really don't. I think it's something to kind of to consider as a possibility. That's what I'll, that's how I'll wow. say it. Wow. Wow. That's surprising. I would not, but you know, you never, you never can tell. And just to like throw all this out at you, who's Kate, who's Kawhi's sponsor? New Balance. Who, whose name is on the Auerbeck Center? New Balance. Whose headquarters is in Boston? New Balance. I, I, maybe it means something, maybe it doesn't. I'm just, everyone's got some sort of shoe affiliation, you know, so that doesn't mean Tatum is now going to Charlotte now that he's a Jordan brand guy, but it's interesting. That's all it is. Awesome. We, not to start rumors. I got no, nothing inside here. Just, yeah, just a little thought. They aggregate that. You know, I always hear, you know what? Here's my little beef. Oh, aggregators will pick this up. You know what? They aggregate because you say stuff, and you say stuff because people listen to you, and they listen to you because you have news. Don't give me this, Brian Windhorst. Don't give me this, Bill Simmons, okay? You, I listen to your podcast because you have information. Give me your information. Don't get all upset. Oh, aggregators, bro. I better not say. Shut up. Windy, go away. So sick of that. And in that vein, if you're still listening, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs>